Isn't it easy to look at what we need, what we lack, versus what we have? And today, I'm not going to do a teaching. Today, I'm going to do more of an exhortation. But as I was praying this morning, First Chronicles 16.34 came to mind. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. You know, I, I, I was listening to a report on the radio, and they were saying that if you take time and actually write down like three, four, five things you're thankful for on a daily basis, it really does a lot for your mental health and for your outlook on life. I think that's true because we do live in a place where it has to be bigger, it has to be better, it has to be more. Um, and that really takes us away from the heart of the Father, which is, I'm here to give, not to receive. So this morning, I want to talk about community. And my, I'm going to start out with Acts 2. We're all familiar with that, I'm sure. 42 to 47 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So Lord, we come before you today. Let us first and foremost be devoted to you. Let us make a commitment that we will live our lives by the Bible, your word. It tells us how to interact. It tells us what standards to live by and what standards to resist. Let us, Father God, not be passing acquaintances with your word, but let us be intimately involved with it, Lord God. Let us not read it out of a place of legalism, though I'd rather that would take place than not at all, but out of a place of relationship and learning who you want us to become. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you continue to minister to us and that you would change us. Even, Lord, as we, we do things like this afternoon and tonight, maybe it's stretching us out of our comfort zone. I know it is me, Lord. But I want to obey you, God. Even when everything within me screams, I want to do my own thing and obey myself. Let us resist that, God. That leads to want. But when I obey Father God, it leads to fulfillment. So let us just rejoice in it. In your name, amen. I got to tell you, I am proud of this church. I'm proud of how many people went to Lima last week to celebrate the life of Chris Sertler. 
I am proud of the fact, forgive me, I know we're not supposed to speak figures, but I'm going to, that this church raised over $7,100 to give a grieving widow and her three children. Maybe you couldn't do that. That's okay. You're praying. But we're in this together. And, you know, a lot of times we can look and say, does this church need to get young, um, old, younger? Yeah, yes, it, it really does. Does this, do we want to grow? We do. Not because we want to say, hey, look how many seats we fill. I think that's pride. But you know what? I want to go down swinging. I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. And I'm excited what God has placed in New Covenant because we live in a society of, of not trusting people. You know, I was talking to somebody about it this week. I can't remember. Maybe it was home group. I can't remember. But, you know, when you reach out and you help somebody, a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm waiting for the hook. Why are you being nice to me? And that's what Christ wants us to be. One of the things that the Lord has been really getting after me this, this past week and the last few days is my attitude. I am very opinionated. I don't love a lot of things that I read in the news, etc., etc. But you know what? When I interact with other people, I have to show kindness and love like Jesus did, not an attitude that will absolutely put up a wall of separation. We are different. And I know you guys, boy, are you different. But in a good way. God makes us different. And we have to reach out with his love. And that's what God is calling us to do. That's why, like maybe your thing is, and I really don't want to hand out a bunch of invitations to everybody around here. I get it. I'm asking you to pray for one person. And after that happens, pray for the next. Just say, who do I have a relationship with? Who can I reach out to? If I had the cure for cancer, I'd spread out with the world. I got something better than the cure for cancer. I got the cure for eternity in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about it. Um, coming up on 43 years, August of 1979, I started dating Melody. And after a couple dates, it was really weird because it was so different. Because this was somebody who really cared. And I had been in long-term relationships. I had been engaged, et cetera, which fell apart. Thank you, Lord. Um, but it was so different meeting somebody that I knew it was from the Lord. Somebody who really, there was a connection. And you know what I mean? I, I could let my guard down. One of my weaknesses is sometimes, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just too open. I, I don't, I'm not saying I have negative filters, but sometimes I just do trust. I'm just open. You know, one of the first Lady McDonough prophetic words he gave me was, here's a man with no hidden agendas. You know, so to have somebody that I could spend time with and I could be myself and I knew it wasn't going to get back to me in a back way, in a bad way, that's good. We're called to trust God by allowing him to direct our steps and to move us forward as we reach our community. Today I want to talk about let people see the love of Christ reflected through our lives. You know, the first point I want to make is let your devotion be unshakable. You know, it says um, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. We have to know the word. We have to read it. We have to see how kind Jesus was, and we have to mirror that. 
One of the things that, that I've been praying about, the Lord's been showing me about, about my personality is, you know what? It's been too much truth and not enough grace. And I, I want that to change. And I find as I get older, I think about things I said in the past and I said, oh, God, help me. Because I thought I was righteous. You know, the Bible needs to be my guide. I loved when Jay spoke last week, Jay Meisrick. You know, we had the pictures of the windmills. And, and, you know, if you ever want to just go on a trip on a sunny day, you take 81 off. I, I think you get off exit 44, Adam Center, just go down 177, about 15 miles, and you'll see a million windmills. You know, when we lived up there the last 15 months, we went into the farmhouse. We could look out our living room picture window, and we could see like 75 windmills. And it was cool. And at night, you know, they all blinked at the same time. So it was cool. But I loved what Jay said. Do you remember that picture, the one that fell over? It didn't have a good foundation. And in the background, you could see ones that, they had the same storm, they had the same wind, but their foundation was right, and they withstood the storm. A lot of times when life really hits us and it, it shakes us, it's because we're not building the foundation of Jesus Christ. I find the more I embrace Christ, the more he transforms me. The more I embrace his word and I pray, the less it becomes about me and the more it becomes about him and other people. If you ever want to have a good communication with somebody, a good conversation to get to know who they are, ask them questions about them. Oh, I know they need to hear about how wonderful you are. I get all that. But let us learn not to talk about ourselves. And as they share, and it jogs a memory of you, and you know they need to hear that example, don't say it. Build humility into yourself. Test yourself. Learn to give and don't always have to share examples. And please know, when I'm up here preaching, I'm talking to myself too. I share the same thing. One of the things I find is different people have different needs for socialization. You know, some people, you know, they, they just like to be all out. You know, we visited friends in Texas a few years ago, and they literally do every, they do something six out of seven nights. And I'm sorry, I'm not built that way. I'm just taking some time here, formulating what I want to say. One of the things, I, I, I want to encourage us in this. I saw how we reached out last week. And God, one of the things the Lord's doing here is he wants you to trust him with what he has placed in you. That when you reach out to your neighbors, it's like when I handed it to the garage, you know what? Maybe this guy thinks I'm a fruitcake. But I know there's going to come a time when he's going to need to respond to something in his life, and just maybe he's going to call on the Lord or he's going to remember this church. Because we have what is secure. How many times in my life have I been called from friends of mine that like to mock my faith, but when it hits the fan, excuse me, they call me. Why is that? Because I got a foundation of Jesus Christ. I, and it's not my personality, but faith stands firm. You have to know 
that when God places people on your life to reach out to, he goes before you. I remember the time I'm eating dinner. Again, not my personality at this restaurant. And the Lord said, share with the waitress. No. I am not a smooth talker. I want to be a smooth talker. I want to have a golden tongue. I grew up with a speech impediment. And a lot of times, why does Dick Beaumont have notes? Because I know what I sound like and what I talk about when I go off, off key. But anyway, so I go to his waitress. <laughs> you know Jesus really loves you. How's that for a novel approach? She goes, okay, my mother sent you, didn't she? <laughs> Ended up showing her my license to say, no, I'm from Oswego. I'm not even from anywhere near where you live. But I think God wants to get a hold of you. And one of the things that I've learned is, especially people from my past, when they really give me a hard time. Like I got this buddy of mine, he, about every week, he, he texts me about the tribulations and all the idiots in the world and when is God going to take them away. I'll kid around with them, but then I, the text ends when I bring back scripture and say, man, this is what Jesus is doing in your life. So I find, you know what, if people want to get outrageous with me, I get outrageous for the Lord in a good way. Don't get like when people really get mad at me, I say, man, God is really all over you. Look at how you're reacting. You ain't mad at me. You're saying no to God. So let us get comfortable being uncomfortable. Church, God's saying rise up. The nearer I get to God, the less I look at me. I, I thought about this church, and I see the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring. You see all these people. You have a very interesting cast of characters characters somebody's frodo of course i'm going to be aragon i mean the stud you know that's come on let's be honest god must have a sense of humor to put us all together i don't have joe clark's gifting and he doesn't have mine i don't have francis's giftings and vice versa but that's why we're together on the football team you have the quarterback and you have the offensive I mean the offensive the the guard on the offensive line who weighs about 378 pounds you need him you're not going to ask him to do a quarterback sneak but you need him so God one of the things I've been seeing here for months is God wants us to know the power that lives in me is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead so how dare I say no to God when he is telling us to reach that community but God you don't know yeah I don't know but I know him. They devoted themselves to fellowship, which is important, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I would ask you to pray for tonight. I would ask you to keep praying for your neighbors and whomever it is that God wants you to reach out to. You've got to be encouraged. I came to this church decades ago because it was genuine. They spoke to me, not at me. They listened to me. They cared for me. That is what the world needs. Somebody you can let your guard down against. The next point I want to make is selfless love. That is not something that we see in our world a lot. 
John 15 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jay talked last week about men and women, husbands and wives and submission. Not a popular topic nowadays. But just don't make the mistake of thinking one is above the other. It's just a different role. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus isn't lesser because he submits to the Father. But what this whole topic is, is we have to realize we have to submit to what God's doing. You know, I am so blessed that, you know, 30, 40 people are coming down from a church an hour and a half away because they want to see the gospel furthered in our city, that they see a church in need, that they did this carpeting, that we're getting TVs, we're going to hang up, and it's not about that, but it's about, you know what, God has placed us on their heart, and they want to help us move forward because they've seen that we've taken some hits, etc., and God is saying, I want to bless you through them. You see, when you have a close relationship, sacrifice comes naturally. I know one thing, when you become a parent, it can't be about you anymore. Nor do you want it to be. How cool is it to, you know, you hit, I got great kids, and you reach out to them, et cetera, and you, you just want to bless them. That's what we got to do. Give and you shall receive. You know, but it takes faith to trust God. It takes faith to look past your personal desires and focus on others. You know, I was talking to Jay before the meeting last week. Jay's been a trooper for 15 years. Um, that blew me away because I remember when he got accepted and it seemed like it was just yesterday, but he was talking to some of his trooper friends because he has, what, five years before he can retire. And he says, if God calls me to something else, I'm going to give it up tomorrow. And the guys were blind, they were blown away. Why would you give up your five years away from retirement? He goes, because I trust God more than I trust my retirement. But one thing I want to talk about is, and again, I feel like um, I'm not stumbling today, but there's one point I want to make. So as I look at my notes, there's stuff and I'm letting go up because I don't think God wants me to go there. But one thing I was reading a list of the Ask Unchurched People. What turns you off about Christians? One of the things they said, I'm not going through the whole list, they avoid me because I don't believe the same thing they do. You can't be threatened by that. You know, if somebody has a totally different point of view, we have to still be able to love them, to respectfully talk to them, to help them, to encourage them, and to embrace them. I think too often we get threatened. And I look at it this way. If my faith or if my God is so weak that when I talk to somebody that is extremely on the other end that it's going to impact me, then it ain't worth it. We have to realize you don't get better from a turnip. I can't expect somebody that doesn't have a relationship with Christ to live according to the Bible when it's hard for us to do it. And one of the things I got, you know, um, I was with some friends this week and we're all on our phone and the Eagle song came back to me, Hotel California. We are all just prisoners here of our own device. 
Could you give up your cell phone for a week? If I asked you today, could you give up your cell phone for Jesus Christ for one week? I'm not going to. We need to adapt without compromise. Part of what we're doing on Sunday nights is to reach the unchurched. That's why we don't want to have a quote-unquote church service. That's why in the past we have become more, more casual. I remember years ago when I was on staff here as an associate, you had to wear a suit coat, you had to wear a tie. Ties are not godly. Satan invented them, so... <laughs> told my family, if I go first, one requirement, you can't get into the service if you're wearing a tie. The generation gap comes into play when I try to look at today's generation through my lens and my way of thinking. A lot, they just don't have it. You know, Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. My incredible daughter is visiting. You know what I realized this week when I went out to dinner with my brother and his wife and Mel and Carrie? My daughter has heard some stories that I have told at least 30 to 40 times because they seem to be repeated whenever I get together with my brother. So I said, okay, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Do you remember when we, I did, wasn't it good, I ain't doing that again. Why? Past is past, present is now. See, I am doing a new thing, and I think that's what God's seeing to us. I'm doing a new thing. Some of you look at, when you've shared with people the negative, I mean, I remember doing it once. I worked at the nuclear plant. I went to share with somebody, a room full of people. The guy goes, you Christians, and I felt like it idiot, but I walked out of there and said, I survived. The worst thing I thought could happen, happened. And I just answered a question. I didn't go in swinging. But, but it, Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We live in a spiritual wasteland. We live in the wilderness. And I'm not just talking about out there. I'm talking about in here. Light the fire again. The lamp that once burned bright and clear. Before I close today, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God, give me the desire I first had. The last point I want to make. Trust and obey. It's funny, I was talking to somebody before the service and they were saying how this has been one week of spiritual warfare for them. I gotta tell you, I have felt it the whole time I've been up here. And by that, I mean sometimes, believe it or not, I got a real clean line of thinking where I'm gonna go with this and the whole time I've been up here, it feels like I'm in a, you know, I'm in a raft going back and forth. But trust and obey. I've been a Christian 43 years, 35 years I've been a part of New Covenant Community Church. This is an awesome church. 
it's awesome when we look outside the four walls. It's awesome when we realize God wants us to love everybody and to reach out to them. It's not as awesome when we go through pain and things and we, we go into a cocoon and we don't reach out, we just lick our wound and want to survive. That's not awesome because that's not Christ. Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. God knows who we are. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows my strengths. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my wisdom. He knows my stupidity. He still called me. He knew what he was doing when he called me. We have highs and we have lows, church, but guess what? It's time to go forward. The devil wants to discourage us from moving forward. This isn't going to work. And you know what? Tonight's meeting, I don't want us to go in looking, saying, yeah, let's see if this works. That's not God's attitude. That's not God's attitude. Because guess what? Worst case scenario, if this doesn't work, we're still going to keep on doing more things because I would rather risk it and not do it than to sit on my backside and just keep things the way they are. That's not God. God wants us to, you know what? I am not going to discourage you. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to move you forward. Don't give the devil, what's that book? Don't give the devil a seat at your table. That's discouragement. That's a lack of faith. It's a wrong attitude to come back and say, yeah, let me see how this plays out. That is an attitude straight from the pits of hell. God's attitude is, okay, we're doing this. How can I make this succeed? Some part of the family. This church is strong. Look what we did last weekend with the offering and going through the celebration of life. That's what the world needs to see. Hebrews 10 says, We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. When I'm not talking about Christian stuff, I can be really sarcastic and once in a while a good answer in due season. But it seems like when I'm sharing with somebody and they ask me a question, I stammer. But I can't shut my mouth. Because you know what I learned? God's using me doesn't depend on my wisdom or my words. It depends on my willingness to go forward and say, Lord, you got to use me. You got to help me make an answer. Shared with a friend of mine. He goes, How about the Aborigines in Israel? Uh, where is it? Australia. I said, I really don't care. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. What's Jesus doing to you right now? Don't give me that garbage. So we're going to close. We're going to move forward. You know what? I want you all to get a little uncomfortable. Can I hear an amen? I'm going to close in prayer after three of you pray. Oh, two of you have to be male. I can't hear really good because even with the hearing aids on, 
So I'm probably not going to hear it yet. But God will. So we're going to close in prayer that God, we're going to just say, God, this is community. Thank you, Lord, for what we have. Let us answer your call. So, again, I don't, I'm not looking for a five-minute prayer. It can be a Paul Wagner popcorn prayer. But I want three people to pray, and after the third one, I will close us in prayer. Starting... Thank you, Lord. Lord, this past week, when I'm praying Thursday for this weekend, (laughs) I realize, once again, you have a sense of humor. When I pastored in the North Country, I think it was two or three years in a row this pastor would come and the Lord gave me a word. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. I'm tired, Lord, of hitting singles. I want to hit a home run. So as I'm praying this Thursday, Felt like you said to me, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Forgive me, Lord, for judging how I want you to move and the impact I want to see. We don't see the whole picture. We're called to obey. I thank you for those who prayed today. Lord, I know it's a stretch. But everybody in this room, let them know that you are saying to us that you have us in the hollow of your hands. That you are saying, be still and know that you are God. Lord, we're not looking for an event. We're looking for an outreach. We're looking to be faithful. We're looking, oh Lord, 
to let others know how awesome you are, Jesus. How loving you are. That you know what it's like to lay down your life for your friends. Lord, you gave your life for us. If we seek your forgiveness and ask you into our lives to take control. So I do pray, Lord God, that you would give us your peace, your boldness. And Lord, I liked what it said on the bulletin. We have resounding hope, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. We have hope in you, O Lord. I pray, Father, that you would bless this afternoon, that you would bless this evening's meeting, Lord. But thank you for this marvelous congregation, Lord, and how they respond and allow you to move in them, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. The places where the devil wants to discourage us, Lord, we're going to look to you and we're going to be encouraged because we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we believe and we're saved. So, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and show us, Lord, who it is you want us to reach out to. And they all said, Blessings.